everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. T, I got key issues. Uh-oh. <laughs> so this, let me give you a little bit of backstory, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because he's coming in hot. Yeah, this, <laughs> this episode spun out of me reading, I guess, the Darth Vader issue that broke my space camel's back. Um, so let me be clear. Uh, the uh, Darth Vader comics. I've been reading them. I'm reading all the Star Wars books. Okay, great. Um, my issue with the Darth Vader books, and I'll give a little bit. So, big thing happening in the Star Wars books right now is this thing called Crimson Rain. This group called the Crimson Dawn, which we saw in uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. I think is the name of Solo. We saw it in Solo. Fan service the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, this character, the movie. Um, <laughs> we saw them, uh, they were, uh, Han Solo's ex-girlfriend, Kira, was with them, uh, we saw that they were potentially headed up by Darth Maul, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, in the Star Wars books right now, the ones taking place, uh, between Empire Return so that's the period that we're in right now, okay. which has been a fun period because there's a lot of compared to like New Hope and like the period between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. um, the period between Empire and Return has a lot of character growth. You know, we have oh. to watch Luke go from I just got my hand chopped off to the like Prada boot wearing badass that he becomes <laughs> in Return. True. So like, you know. There's growth that has to happen there. We have to watch Leia go from kind of a badass, but mostly still kind of just running around with everybody to like, I'm going to infiltrate Jabba's palace to try to save the man I love and stuff like that. Right. We also have to figure out how, you know, Han gets from Boba to Jabba, which has been what the focus has been because there was an event called, uh, and I'm sorry, this is a lot of backup, but you got to understand where I'm coming from. There was an event called War of the Bounty Hunters, which was uh, effectively somebody stole Boba Fett from, or stole Han Solo from Boba Fett. Oh, geez. So he was the, uh, the his freezy apparatus had carbonite freezy apparatus. I was, the word was escaping me and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get laser pitchforked if I don't get this right. His carbonite freezy apparatus was malfunctioning. So he took it to the shady doctor. The shady doctor was like, you can pay for it by being my entry into the gladiatorial thing. So Boba Fett went and fought in this gladiator, gladi gladiator arena. And then when he came back, somebody had killed the doctor and stole Boba Fett. Oh, you find out later on that it was the Crimson Dawn that did it. And they're holding an auction for Boba Fett with all the syndicates. Um, the Empire's there. They have a representative there. The Huts are there. Uh, Black Suns are there. Everybody's there. Right. Everybody's got a got a hand in this. It's like a whole thing. Got a bunch of invitations, and they're like, "Oh, everyone's like, oh, Crimson Dawn's back. Oh my god." Uh. So you're like, well, obviously, Jabba's gonna win this because he eventually ends up with Han. Han. Uh. Darth Vader shows up. And just wrecks everything. And Kira is like, oh, hell yeah. I've been training for this. 
And we know from Solo and from kind of like brief mentions that in, in the book that she has experience with Darth Maul. So she's probably trained to fight a Sith Lord. You big know what scary, I mean? She Big scary Sith user. <laughs> probably knows how to like... So there's all this buildup and she comes out with these like dope ass little knives that she's holding like reverse hilt and like, come at me, bro. And then by the next issue, Darth Vader has her in like a force choke lock and it's like, LOL. They fight for like probably in universe, like 15 seconds. That's <laughs> stupid. And this is where it begins for me. And it, it had already beginned. <laughs> I'm aware that's not a word, but... This is not the beginning. This is the return of the beginning. And uh, of of Darth Vader's story writing. And so where Darth Vader cannot fail, there will never be a villain who is smarter than he is. Or I guess not a villain, but an antagonist, an anti-Darth Vader. Right. Who is smarter than he is stronger than he is more capable more capable than he is there will never be one there's in the same kind of period of this Darth Vader writing there was an assassin called Ochi of Bestoon who was really hyped and like the books were like the emperor hired him to like challenge Darth Vader and Darth Vader went through some challenges on Mustafar but not because of Ochi every time like Ochi came up he was like and just punked him and then <laughs> Eventually, the assassin was like, I swear fealty to you, and now, like, works for Darth Vader. Oh, good. Um, So, anyway, Kira gets all badass, gets immediately wiped. Uh, Darth Vader just gets his way. Eventually, Boba Fett steals Han back, takes him to Jabba. Jabba gets Han. The timeline is corrected. Uh, Flash forward to this Crimson Rain thing. The Crimson Dawn has secret agents in like every organization they've got rebels they've got empire they've got huts they've got black suns they've got sleeper agents not sleeper agents but like undercover people everywhere okay um the current darth vader series he is uh accosted by one of padme's handmaidens you know how they all looked like padme like, that was the thing. Yeah, they were yeah, all yeah. Supposed to... And it was very startling. Yeah, and this is... I think this is supposed to be the one that was played by Kira Knightley. Um, ah, okay. So, he's accosted by her, finds out she's working with the Rebels. She eventually, like, gives him the slip. Doesn't defeat him, just gives him the slip. And eventually implants, like, a false record of, like, Crimson Dawn members in the Empire. Hmm. So, uh, you know, him and Darth Vader and his team are rolling around just, like, eliminating all these like fake oh crimson dawn people thinking that they're crimson like under the pretense that they're crimson dawn anyway uh so she's like in the mix crimson dawn is in the mix all these other people basically throughout the entire thing we get introduced to all these like oh look it's padme's person maybe this will be a big antagonist for him nope by the resolution of their story she's working for him (sighs) you know this person takes a swing at him, instantly punked. So this is where I hit a problem. I get it. I get it, readers. I get it. I get it, readers and writers. Darth Vader's cool. He's got a cool <laughs> design. He's all strong and stuff. I don't necessarily get the people that are like, if I could grow up, I'd be terrible. But, you know, people like 
people <laughs> like the Empire and really like this character, and that's fine. But, like, what I run into is storytelling that follows characters that are undefeatable or infallible or never make mistakes or never get their come especially dark characters that never get comeuppance yeah is really like where i come from another example happening in star wars and it's gotten a little better in her recent volume but the volume preceding this one uh dr afra her last volume was could effectively be summarized by Dr. Afra is shitty to everyone around her and yet gets her way each and every time. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing bad ever <laughs> happened to her. She effed over every single person she came into contact with and then got what she wanted out of doing so. And while there were a few moments where the writers worked in her being like, this is just who I am, kid. Like, I'm remorseful that I have to be this way. But... She's still just, like, most of the time she's just, like, Mr. Beaning her way along and, like, <laughs> just goofy gallivanting through the galaxy as she just, like, steps over the corpses of people that she tricked into going into explosive areas or getting sucked out of an airlock or something like that. And it's, it's, it's fine to treat characters that are really, really cool as, like, look at how cool and badass he is. But you run into a problem where the storytelling just becomes stale. And that's really where we're at is like if Darth Vader can just easily like there's all this buildup and all the resolutions are just like, eh. like there was all this buildup for this handmaiden, like all this buildup for it. And then it ended with him being like, I've taken over the Crimson Dawn. You're with me now. And like stuff like that. And it's like, well, and one of the issues I have specifically in regard to Darth Vader is that I recognize that Darth Vader's really cool and very interesting and you know from its very origin had a lot of mystique and so it was very fascinating and people like resonated with how cool and BA is but the problem is is that you have to look at the very the very bottom root of Darth Vader and Anakin was not a flawless being mm-hmm. Anakin made lots of mistakes Anakin didn't have the high ground. Anakin got beat up a lot (laughs) and let the bad guy go a lot and messed up a lot. And so it doesn't logically make sense that the minute Anakin gets put into a robo suit, that now he's just this flawless, evil, perfect God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense with him as a character, especially with how they eventually made it that Annie was definitely still in there. It's still Annie and Darth yeah. Vader. He comes back to the light. Well, then Annie's always in there, and Annie's kind of an F up. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it feels like these characters are the kid on the playground that's like, I have the power to have all powers. Yes. You know, like, Darth Vader's the strongest force user next to maybe the Emperor. Darth Vader's the best light lightsaber wielder, probably better than the Emperor, because the Emperor never uses lightsabers he's all about like the actual force powers you know he's the smartest detective in the galaxy he's the best pilot he's the best engineer like he can engineer his way out of anything he can build any droid he wants to and well yes all these things were established about anakin to some degree like anakin was a really good it's it's fine to have your character be 
really good at a lot of things. Multifaceted. But not necessarily the best. Like, it, it would be fine to have a story where Darth Vader is flying after some rebel pilot and gets just absolutely punked by him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you might be saying, well, what about Luke? Well, he kind of got outpiloted by Luke, but he got sucker punched by Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You know, he spent... He spent the better part of the period in the comics in between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back being pissed off about the rebel pilot that escaped him. <laughs> but when you really break it down, Luke didn't fly better than Luke was in dire straits with Darth Vader behind him and Han Solo popping up and being like, Wee! <laughs> was <laughs> the only thing that helped him. So. Like, it's fine to have your character be, like, good at a lot of things, like a jack-of-all-trades. Yeah. But, like, do they need to be a master of all trades? You know, and it's not to say... The last bit I'll say about Darth Vader before we turn this into more of a general discussion is... It's not to say that throughout his entire series is that he's never been defeated by people. But, like... While there have been a few examples of, like, there was this old Jedi master that was in exile that he got his, apparently got his, like, lightsaber crystal from. Because in the new canon, I guess, the only way Sith people get their lightsaber crystal is they have to steal it and then corrupt it. (laughs) Hee hee hee. Which, fine, whatever. Um, He had, like, a really strong battle with this guy. He ultimately, like, overcame it. And that was a good conflict it was well done conflict you know he had to think outthink this guy and outperform this guy and the only other real person i can think of that had a definitive defeat of darth vader was dr afra and she got her whole own effing series (laughs) (laughs) so it's very clear that people like characters that can get one up on the D-man. You know what I mean? It's true. Because, like, that was her, the end of her whole run in the Darth Vader thing before she took over her own. She was, like, forced into servitude with Darth Vader and then eventually, like, tricked him out in airlock or some shit. Right. And, like, or no, she left him in, like, collapsing rubble, which was badass. It was super cool. And then she, like, ran for her life and spent the next entire other series being afraid of him, which is fun. Uh, it's cool. She's gonna. It, it that's a cool part of their whole thing. But I'm just saying, like, I can't think of any other real like, aside from the Emperor, Darth Vader himself, and kind of like a general. The dark side has defeated you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Darth Vader, like, and there's cool moments. Like, there's a moment where he basically takes down a kaiju. Really effing cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, they even had this whole thing, like this whole mini series called Vader Down, which was just the most like anticlimactic. Like, every issue was these different groups being like, Vader's down there, take him out! And, like, Tarkin was secretly trying to take him out and stuff, and he was just like, oh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Just moved on. Don't mind me, just gonna knock your planes into each other. you know, in comics, this isn't the first time we've seen this. Because, like, Batman has historically had, like writers taking specific liberties to try to limit his abilities because he spent years being this like i knew you were gonna do this all along kind of thing yeah you know well and i mean as a kid growing up my dad always veered me more towards the marvel superheroes like your spider-mans and the x-men and things like that 
versus the DC heroes. And I always thought it was a personal choice. But as I think back, it's because the DC characters were always so infallible. So if you think about yeah. like Superman, for such a long time, there was never a scenario where it was like, oh, Superman just can't do that. Nowadays, it's a little bit better. We've humanized him a little bit more. Yeah. He's weak against magic and he knows it and everyone else knows it and that's a thing. But like back in the day, it used to be like, oh, this person can burst into flames. Well, now Superman can make water out of his hands or something. <laughs> and like, yeah. or... Oh, this person's overheating. Well, now Superman's heat vision can be ice vision if he wants it to be. Like, they just continuously gave him more and more powers to the point yeah. where it was like, why even it, have adversaries of Superman? He's never going to lose. Yeah, and to be clear, like, there's definitely a debate we can have about Superman being OP or not OP. Like, there are people on both sides. But, you know, what we're talking about here is more the conception that a lot of people have about Superman. Wherein yeah. he's the kid at the playground that's like i have the power to have all powers right and you it know it just limits the storytelling capability if you always know he's gonna win yeah and i've always i've always complained about like what i call sherlock syndrome mm -hmm. because yeah. like and i'm not talking about the show i've never actually seen the show so i don't know if it's like this but like the a lot of iterations of sherlock holmes or like shows taking kind of like a sherlock holmes angle right or creating a character that's like a really great detective kind of in the in homage to Sherlock Holmes, specifically the RDJ Sherlock Holmes is this way. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, this idea that like they, the detective solves the thing without the audience seeing the process by which they solved it. Yes. It's, it's summed up really, really well in a, it's kind of parodied really, really well in Ace Ventura two where okay. There's like a brief glimpse of like a white stain on who turns out to be the bad guy's shoe way early on in the movie. And it's never like referenced or like connected again. And there's all this talk about guano and we like see the bat in the cage and we see little like poop stains that are white. So like, you know, by the end of the movie, Ace Ventura's decided that that white stain was bat poop because the great white bat has great white bat poop compared to all the other guano being a darker color and it's like it's there in the movie but we never get any points where we see him making this connection and then at the end he's like i knew you were the bad guy all along here's why you know what i mean yeah and that kind of trope is parodied a lot and batman very much was that way he was oh, like yeah. oh this thing's happening well i've got a plan for that you know, oh, this thing's happening. Oh, I've got a plan for that. Oh, this thing's happening. Oh, I've got something in my utility belt for that. And it's like, fine. But look at what they've had to do with Batman over the years. They've had to, you know, remove Alfred. They've had to remove his fortune. They've had to, like, at times remove different key players in his life. And to some extent, they now even make fun of or create... um issues based on his ability or always being ahead yeah. you know like there's been times now where people are mad because he has a, a a plan of attack in case any of the heroes do does something wrong or if he needs to go against any of his friends and his friends are like that's not cool you can't just have plans against us mm -hmm. because you don't trust us no. <laughs> and so that is a source of antagonization yeah. itself and you know on the other side, we've got Wolverine 
had a history of declining sales in his books because his stories got boring. Yeah. You know, and I'm not knocking Wolverine fans. I read the current run of Wolverine, but it's these characters get to a point where writers, they're so cool and so beloved by fans that writers eventually take over and it's like they're playing with action figures and they're like, and like knocking over Lego castles and stuff. Yep. And like the writing just becomes X person solves problem because they are X person. Yeah. And not any sort of reasonable, logical step as to why, you know, like in the Darth Vader books, like Darth Vader convinces this handmaiden to help him out because I guess she's fine with like she has her own motivations and stuff that kind of align with his. And I get the idea of like a dark Padme being with a dark Anakin is a cool kind of like foil thing. Right. And I do hope they take it somewhere where it's kind of like a romantic thing and he gets to revisit his like time as Anakin with Padme. But like it was just really sudden and it was kind of like he gets what he wants because he's Darth Vader. And it's like there were a lot of Wolverine stories that were like Wolverine wins because he's Wolverine or like the X-Men were in dire straits and then Wolverine does a Wolverine and now we're here. And, you know, there's some argument like, oh, well, of course, Wolverine's always going to have the Wolverine stuff because he's immortal. Like he can't he could basically not die. But there are immortal characters in the Marvel Universe that have plenty of issues that don't always win. Yeah. I mean, from your big guys like your Hulk, who have all sorts of issues and can't die, but ha- fails all the yeah. time, to like your Mister Immortals, who's literally named Mister Immortal and has all yeah. sorts of issues. And you know, the the regenerative immortal thing is typically goes hand in hand with we're going to make this character just win all the time. And it's, it's, I'm not saying I want all the heroes to lose, you know, like you can look at any book like Moon Knight, Captain America, you know, Miss Marvel, whatever. Like they always win to some degree. Right. But the main thing is the lack of challenge or the lack of an interesting process to the conclusion right. with these like quote unquote badass characters and like immortal characters that just like they're only achieving this because they're them. Right. And it, it comes with them being the best at literally everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And sure, they're immortal, but that doesn't mean they have to be unstoppable, too. You know? Well, and that's how they end up with these reputations that you may not want to pick up that book because you know how it's going to end anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't anticipate seeing a real challenge for Darth Vader because I know Darth Vader is just going to, like, force wave off any bad guy. And then it's, you know, that was a page. Neat. So yeah. it, it hurts the interest in the books themselves and in the character, because if you already know how it's going to end, a la a Superman story back in the day, like way, way back, like you always know how the you knew you knew how it was going to end. There were very rarely yeah. a cliffhanger. It just it was always going to be the same way. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there are certain writers that kind of <laughs> default into it. Like. I hate to say it, but. Donny Cates looking at you you kind of default into like this character's gonna win because i'm writing him and (laughs) yeah that's it like you know when you look at your venom run and like the absolute carnage run and stuff like that like it was just 
it was fine. Like King in Black. <laughs> and it was just like a lot of the things that happened. There were moments where it was like a compelling, like this is a journey that the character is going on. But there were other moments where it was just like, oh, this person does because bleh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, I wish writers would try to find ways to take these badass characters and give them a challenge. And there's progress being made. Like say like people are fairly divided on James Tinian's run on Batman, but I think he's doing an incredible job of making Batman a bit more like have more challenge, not just solving things because he's Batman. You know, they took away his fortune and they made Joker war happen. It was this big like brouhaha and, uh, the whole future state thing happened briefly or fear state thing happened briefly. Uh, and with Wolverine, I think the really impressive thing that Hickman and his team over at the X-Men curation board have done the X, the X-Men quiet council, uh, <laughs> is they made Wolverine happy. And I think that's a really interesting thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it gives him this weird emotional weight. And so like, he has to keep doing his only real powers and abilities involve being the best there is at what he does and what he does is not very pretty, but you know, when he has this happiness and comfort, it makes him sloppy in doing that. And we yeah. see that happen a lot in the Wolverine books. There's still plenty of moments where it's like Wolverine does this cause fans like him, but uh, <laughs> there's plenty of moments too, where he's conflicted and held down and weighed down and it's, it's, compelling it's just more compelling writing you well know? and you know i've long heralded the bendis run on superman which made it focused much more heavily on clark and being a human and wanting to feel human and dealing with the human emotions of being a parent and being a husband and having you know unease about where do i go next what am i doing what's even my purpose like to see a, a hero like superman questioning mentally his value that that's that's interesting yeah that's cool his antagonist is himself yeah. <laughs> there's a the run of eternals happening right now uh written by kieran gillen is very i don't know if he's meaning to so it's it's a very dry book the narration is told by the machine which is the which is the earth, which is the thing by which the Eternals are reborn when they die. Right. Um, and they're uncovering all these secrets about this. Uh, secrets that will eventually lead to them fighting the X-Men. Check out Judgment Day coming this summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but it's really dry, really tongue-in-cheek. And when they, when the Eternals have to like overcome a challenge... It's always done very easily just because they're the Eternals. Like, oh, I've got thousands of years of knowledge and tons of different superpowers. And we're all basically telepathic and super strong and super fast. So F you, Black Panther, and all this stuff. And But it's done in such a dry way that I can't help but read it as parody. Like, yeah. it seems like it's very very much aware of the nature of superhero writing wherein a superhero is able to solve something just because they're that superhero. Yeah. There's no like challenge or effort. It's just like, like Icarus goes off and does something and it's just like, yeah, you know, he did it because he's Icarus who cares. And it's like <laughs> dope. And th there's so much else happening in this. Like 
if you're reading Eternals not as a comedy, you're reading it wrong. It's hilarious. It's really, <laughs> really funny and really sarcastic. And there's a lot of big, like, Thanos is in it. There's a lot of big, like, drama and action. But, like, God, it's funny. And uh, I think he's fully self-aware of, like, this idea that, oh, this superhero is, like, the badass superhero of his team. So, of course, he's going to solve everything he touches, you know? Uh it's great. Oh, it's really, Kieran, really good. How we love you. <laughs> I just want, like I said, I don't want every protagonist of their book to fail, even if they are a villain like Darth Vader. I just really want compelling stories about how we get from point A to point B. I mean, even the possibility of failure is nice. That's the thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> we know the, and what has always been my hardest thing reading the Star Wars books is we know none of these characters are going to die. Yeah. We know that the 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 stakes are incredibly low. Yeah. Like, there's no not going to be any death or maimage. No. You know, we're not going to lose a character suddenly. If we do, like, say they were like, oh, Lando got sucked out of that airlock. We know he's going to be back. You know, yeah. we don't know how, maybe, but we know he's going to be back. So it's it's been, that's been kind of the ongoing issue. And that's the tough part about writing stories around characters like this and it's very possible that darth vader's like unstoppability is a lucasfilm like requirement like you better make him <laughs> freaking perfect perfect but like it's okay to make him very good at everything and just not the best have him get outflown have him encounter a droid that he tries to hack and oh it turns out it was sabotaged or have him get locked in a room and can't figure out how to get out like it's okay to have these things you don't have to constantly make every story about, like, I'm the best assassin there is and have him just absolutely punk this dude so that you can just reiterate how B.A. he is, you know? So anyway, that's me whining <laughs> about Darth Vader and other things. I just want I want more. I want more books that aren't afraid to show that somebody's badass by the means by which they overcome things and not the means by which they overcome things being because they're badass. That's my only request. Makes sense to me. It's, it's more compelling writing. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Uh, if you're wondering why we don't have an episode about new books this week, it's because we had some car issues. We don't have a car right now, so we're kind of stranded. So we'll hopefully have that episode for the books from this week coming out on Monday. Yes. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and apologies for the delay. Uh, but we're waiting on our car so we're working on it if you want more episodes of cover b you can find them on our website coverbpodcast.com that's right and you can also follow us on social media at coverbpodcast facebook twitter instagram and tiktok thanks again for listening i hope everyone has a good weekend as always i have been chris this has been t yes indeed and you have been listening to cover, cover b. b bye everybody